Hello, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 13, Walls Come Tumbling Down Christian Bible Podcast. Enjoy. Walls fall in Jesus' name. We must fast, we must love and obey. He is the Lord, Jesus is Lord. He is the Lord, Jesus is Lord. He is the Lord, Jesus is Lord. He is the King. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise the Father God. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. Let all the earth rejoice. Let all the earth praise the name of God because then and only then will the earth yield its increase. Then and only then will everything be made right. Praising the Lord for he is good, for his mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. The mercy of God. Let me tell you something about the mercy of God. The mercy of God has been on my life. Folks, the mercy of God is on your life. The mercy of God is beautiful. It's like a honey. It's fresh, 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 fresh mornings do it's it's the water from above the lord just puts his water the water that runs out of the throne of god the lord dispenses the waters from above into us lord and uh, into our bodies and this is the waters of eternal life jesus christ said it himself he said that um in john in chapter uh four when he ran into the woman at the well Woo, hallelujah. Jesus saith unto her, John chapter 4, verse 21. He said, woman, believe me. See, so we can believe everything that the Bible says because Jesus is telling us to right here. He says, woman, believe me. The hour is coming when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what? We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. So, you know, there's a lot of people like that right now, where God takes these little bitty teeny tiny ideas that people get. You know, you go to church for 20 years and you wind up with a little teeny tiny idea of who God is. And the Lord works through that little, little, little teeny tiny mustard seed of knowledge of him. And he works through it by his mercy and by his grace until one day you come unto the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and you get a saving knowledge, which is which will lead to a saving faith. If you believe that revelation, when the glorious light of the gospel of Jesus Christ will shine into your heart 
and the it says in the day dawn and the day star rise in your heart and that's what we need we need for the day star we need for the lord to shine his light into our hearts oh and if you position your heart in the ways of faith that's when the joy that's when the river of god the revelation of his glorious light will shine in your heart and you will know that the Lord is God. You will know that Jesus is alive. You will know that he is the only God there is. You'll know that he is a forgiver of sins. You'll know that he is a uh, uh, he frees those who are captive. If you're captive with lies, if you're captive in a relationship or a situation that the Lord, that you need freedom from uh, because it's ungodly, it's because it's not of Christ, uh, because as you know that it's not the Father's plan for you because it hurts you. And let me tell you something, uh, God's plan, God's plan is always peace to us. His plan is always good for us. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that his plan is always going to be comfortable. But, you know, when something is not of God, it is going to be in direct hindrance to your growth in God. You'll be doing something, doing something you won't be able to grow. You won't be able to excel. You won't be able to move forward at all because you're being it's like it's like the spirit of God is being quenched around you. You, it, it, The spirit of God is being quenched. And so, you know what? Uh, you don't you don't want to stop seeking the Lord because it's vital for you to learn how to push through those circumstances or you need to get out of that. If you're in a relationship, then you need to get out of that relationship because the relationship is not of God. Now, uh, if you are already a believer or, you know, if you uh, 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 if you're married, then, you know, the Bible says seek not to be loose from a wife if you're bound to a wife. But if you're not married and you haven't fornicated and, you know, you're just dating and courting, but then it becomes this thing where you're like, you know what? I don't believe this is of the Lord because every time you come around me, I wind up, you know, my I, my walk seems to diminish. I get further and further away from God. I don't feel close to God. Uh, you know, I feel like I'm in opposition to God. You got to listen to the Lord, folks, because you might be like, well, I don't want to give this relationship up. But then guess what happens? You give it up uh, and then God ends up blessing you with his will. You know, then you position yourself in the new place and you're with the new person. You're like, oh, wow, now I'm able to blossom and flourish. Now uh, uh, this person is causing me to want to grow in my relationship with God. This person's causing me to want to really seek the Lord. And you know what? I'm finding the Lord because I'm not feeling inferior to this person. I'm not feeling less than this person. They're not like guilting me into doing anything uh, to seek the Lord. They're not like bashing me down and telling me how I need to seek the Lord because that's not how that works. The Lord is a nurturer. So, you know, when you meet somebody, you get in a relationship with them, that person should be nurturing the spirit of God in you. And actually, it should be this way for everybody we meet. We need to be very careful that we increase the spirit of God in somebody else, that we walk in the spirit around them. Because when you're walking in the spirit, the Lord Jesus Christ is going to be promoting growth in and through your body. You're going to be growing. They're going to be growing. Anything the river touches is going to be made alive. And if you walk in the spirit of Jesus Christ, then the waters from heaven will definitely flow. It's, it's, it's unstoppable. Because the Lord is growth. Jesus is literal life. He is life. And by Jesus, all things were created. All things. And so he's got everything sorted out. And so while you're worrying and stressing and thinking about this and thinking to do 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 this, it's grievous to the Holy Spirit. 
Because the Holy Spirit is just trying to move, just wants to work, just wants to be God. He is God. Let him be God in you. Stop making all your decisions. Stop taking matters into your own hands all the time. Surrender, will you? Because if you do that, then you'll have peace. You don't got no peace because you're being wicked. And you don't think you're being wicked, but you are. Every time you take something out of God's hands and into your own hands, thou art wicked. So don't be wicked. Don't be like the a horse or the mule which have no understanding whose mouths must be held with bit and bridle. The ox or the mule, excuse me, which have no, I was never on a farm. So, I, you know, don't be like that. Don't have no understanding. I don't understand. And I just don't understand. And God, I don't understand. I've talked about that before. When people don't understand, it's because they don't want to understand. But the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All right. And then when you depart from evil, that is understanding. Amen. And so that comes. So sometimes you got to break off of some things. You got to get rid of, you know, a relationship that's pulling you down. That's if you're not married. Now, if you're married, then, uh, you know, you have to uh, probably die to yourself. You know, that's probably what you got to do is die to yourself. You know, you're you you stop looking at the other person as the problem and you're the problem. You are the problem, not them. It's you. And, uh, you know, and it's tough because, you know, you're like, oh, Lord, how do I be more like Christ? Let me tell you, the test of love. Didn't I say this? I think I said it before in another podcast. It was something I saw and it was beautiful. And it says the test of Christianity is not loving Jesus, it's loving Judas. And I'm not going to say it like that. I'm going to re-say it and say, you know, the test of Christianity is loving Jesus and Judas. You know what I mean? Because, um, even though there's an extent, once Judas manifests himself to be Judas and he's the devil, then, you know, the, I don't, I don't, uh, you know, I love you by preaching the gospel to you. Uh, but, you know, you don't have to sit there and stay in an abusive relationship. If somebody's beating you or they're hurting you or abusing you emotionally and mentally, you know, then you might need to depart and stay away. But you just don't marry anybody else. You're a nun at that point, And you, sir, are, you know, except for not a Catholic nun, but, you know, you depart, then just you don't get married, don't fornicate with anybody else. You, you That's it, you know. And it should be it because actually, you know what, we need to not be seeking marriage and seeking, you know, uh, to be have with, I want this partner and then I want to be with this person and I want to be with this person and now, now I want this person. How come you just don't want to be with the Lord, huh? How come you won't just stay in the Lord and wait for him to be able to live out his life in and through you, which will lead to plenty. It will lead to fruit. It will, he will give you the desires of your heart, uh, you know. Uh, but but you need to keep your heart surrendered to God so that you can receive that receive his desire because God's desire for you is love it's 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 pure it's it's peaceable it's easy to be entreated it is full of mercy and good fruits but you must give yourself time you see what I'm saying because God doesn't exist in time and he's definitely not going to do what you say your ideas are terrible to the Lord. And that's why he wants you to not be full of your own ways, O ye stubborn house of Israel. He wants you to not be full of your own ways. He wants you to be full of his ways. In fact, Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. And no man comes unto the Father but through Jesus Christ. And so when he's talking to this Gentile woman, he says, you know, you worship you know not you don't even know what you're doing 
You know, you're in the faith, you call yourself a Christian, you got your scriptures on, and, you know, you're doing the whole shebang, but you don't even know what you're doing as a Christian. You don't even know what you're worshiping. You know, you don't know the word. But we Jews know it, says Jesus, because Jesus, salvation is of the Jews. Jesus was Jewish. He was Jewish. He was olive, dark, dark, darker olive skin color. He was... uh Full of uh, mercy and good fruits. <laughs> he is the Lord, strong and mighty. He's the Lord, mighty in battle. And he's wonderful. And he's coming back to the earth soon. So we got to be on point. We got to be positioned to meet the Lord so we can be full of him. We want his spirit to lift us off this earth and we'll meet him in the, in the air if we're alive and remain. Or, you know, we're going to pass over Jordan into uh, the promised land. And that's, you know, it's just, it's all good for us. When you believe in Jesus, it needs to all be good for you. And if it's not all good for you, then you're doing something wrong, which means that your faith is probably misplaced. You're not focusing on him. And, but if you focus on him, look at this, verse 23, but the hour cometh and is, and now is when the true worshipers, you see, cause there's false worshipers and there's true worshipers. Amen. When the true worship, there's precious and there's vile. And so you want to make sure, don't be going around trying to figure out who's vile. If you don't already know, then leave it alone. Uh, what you need to do is make sure you're not the one who's vile. Because there's the precious and there's the vile. And you want to make sure that you're not vile. And the way to do that is by uh, seeking the Lord in his word and reading and praying and fasting. And, uh, you know, I, I posted the lyrics to, to, to the opening song that says, We must read. We must pray. We must fast, we must love and obey. He is the Lord. You see, when I'm singing that, it's a joyful thing. I'm so joyful that I must read. I'm so joyful that I must pray. I'm so joyful that I must fast. I'm so joyful for the power of the Holy Spirit that allows me to obey the Lord my God because it was impossible for men to be saved. It's always going to be impossible for you to be saved without the Spirit of God nurturing you, feeding you, watering you, planting you, line upon line, precept upon precept. He says here, just a little bit, there, just a little bit. Hallelujah. But he's your king. <laughs> he is your husband. He's the one who's going to take care of us. And so he says, the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. And explain that to us, Lord Jesus. Well, he says, God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him. Listen, there's one way to get the water from above, all right? You have to worship God with your spirit in accordance to the truth, okay? Your spirit and in truth. Now, you got to be honest with the Lord. And obviously, if you feel like you can lie to the Lord, then you're reprobate. But if you know that the Lord is God, then you know that there's no lying about a single thing that you're feeling. He understands everything you're feeling, thinking, going through, experiencing. Uh, he's got a first-person point of view into you. He's got a full magnifying glass where he can look right into you. And that should give you a lot of comfort, especially if you're the type of person to where you get confused or you don't know what's, you know, what to do or you're feeling like, oh, Lord, you know, I'm trying my best to hang on to you. And, you know, I'm just, you know, and fa la 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 land. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, it doesn't. That's good. 
You just serve the Lord. You just seek the Lord. Trust him now. Trust the Lord to show up for you because he will. The Lord will always show up for his people and his people will never be ashamed. Hallelujah. If you put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will literally never be ashamed. It's impossible. It's impossible for him to lie. And when, 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 when uh, we believe not, he abides faithful because he cannot deny himself. Don't you understand? This is Jesus. God is spirit and they that worship him must worship. If you worship God with your spirit, you got faith, your faith in his word. Lord Jesus, I know that there's waters up in heaven. <laughs> Hallelujah. There is water up there, Lord, and I'm I'm thirsty for you, Father. God, I'm thirsty for the waters from above. <laughs> Praise you, Father God. Let your Holy Spirit flow. Let your spirit flow. I've got faith and I'm believing in you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm not ashamed, Lord God. I will lift my hands <laughs> without wrath and without doubting. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because this is the king of life. This is our father. Father, this is our God. Behold the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Jesus is alive, folks. He's alive. And this is such good news. You ought to be excited about the Lord Jesus Christ. You ought to be excited about laying down your life to seek him. Lay down your life. Let him do whatever he wants to do in your body. And because of that beautiful joy, because of his love on you, it doesn't matter if you're married. It doesn't matter if you're unmarried married it doesn't matter if you're you know black white rich poor none of it matters none of it none of it matters the only thing that matters hallelujah is that your name is written in the book of life you know what I mean? Your name is written up in heaven. Jesus has got you etched in his blood. <laughs> That's joy, right? That's joy. We can have joy on Jesus. And it's a joy and a hope that fades not away because it is reserved in heaven for us. Are you ready? Are you ready to meet the Lord? Are you ready to see your king? Are you ready to say hallelujah? Thank you, Father God. I'm so glad that you saved me because let me tell you something. Something. The joy is what we're going into. Permanent, everlasting, overwhelming, unstoppable, unquenchable joy. Just like the wicked will be going into unquenchable fire, we will be going into unquenchable joy. There'll be no grieving the Holy Spirit in heaven. There'll be no sin in heaven. There'll be no lies in heaven. There'll be no confusion in heaven. There'll be no false doctrine. There'll be no false believers. None of that will be in heaven. There'll be no insecurity. And guess what? Guess what? Guess what? When you get close to God in prayer and you press in and begin to worship the Father in spirit and in truth, when you do those things, that you won't be touched by any of those infirmities down here either. Because as in heaven, so shall it be on earth. Hallelujah. Our Father. Hallelujah. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Woo! Praise the name of God. We have a reason to be joyful in sufferings and persecution. We have a reason to hope through dryness. We have a reason to hope through trials and tribulation. You can hope in Him. You can put your trust in God at literally any time. There is no time when you cannot put your trust in God. You can put your trust in God. Listen to the Lord today. Listen to the voice of the Lord. He is telling you to trust. He is saying, trust me. His arm never fails. He is wise above wisdom. He is all knowing. He is all powerful. He is mighty. There is no situation that you can go through where God has not prepared for you a place within his hand and you will not be put out. You will not be ashamed if you put your trust in the Lord. Put your trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. Because he is worthy of your trust. He alone is the one who took our sins on himself in his own body, though he never sinned once. And he conquered sin. And he conquered death. And he conquered the grave. And he's going to conquer your troubles. He's going to conquer your worries. He's going to conquer your life and make it a life that is pleasing to him. He's going to present you faultless at his coming. Do you know what that means? Do you know what that means if you've ever had a revelation of your sin and you've ever known how far away from God you can go in darkness? If the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? If you know how far you can go away, then how good it must feel that your sins are forgiven and you are made nigh by the blood of Christ. He says, blessed are you whose sins are forgiven. Blessed are you when the Lord will not impute iniquity unto you. You are blessed and not just because you're saved from hell, but because you get to experience the love, the mercy, the joy of God our Father. Hallelujah. Through the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. There's going to be dancing. There's going to be singing. There's going to be joy up in heaven. We're going to put on the joy. We're going to put on the joy. Say hallelujah, Jesus. Say thank you for the joy, Lord. Thank you for your joy, Lord. We're marching into joy. You're marching to joy because Jesus is alive. Because Jesus has done it. Because he's the king. He is the king. He is the Lord. He is our savior. He is our mighty God. He is our conquering lion. He is our healer. He is the Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. He's a mighty, mighty, mighty God. A man of war. The counselor. Hallelujah. He is the prince of peace. He is the alpha and the omega. The first and the last. The bright and morning star. Hallelujah. He is our Lord God and we love him and we are grateful to him. Beyond grateful. Grateful for his love. Grateful for his joy. Grateful for for the security that is found in the body of Jesus Christ, which was broken for each one of us. And then the revelation of God came to this woman. He said, verse 25, the woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah's coming. She don't know nothing, which is called Christ. I mean, it's okay. You know what I'm saying? The Lord is meeting her where she's at, right? 
He's probably digging into her psyche as he speaks to her there and pulling out these hidden things inside of her mind as she scrambles with her human reasoning to just be amazed at his presence. Because when you get in the presence of God, there's an amazement that just takes place, right? You don't know anything. It's the Lord God in front of you. Hallelujah. And he is by, and no man can come to Christ except the Spirit of God literally draw you in. So come on, lady. And he draws her in with his powerful, beautiful, loving, merciful, forgiving spirit. And he says, uh, and she goes on to say, uh, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, <laughs> he will tell us all things. And the Lord says, okay, there, stop right there. <laughs> Jesus said unto her, there you go. You got it. Ah, well, now you're ready. See, your mind is ready to receive. So I that speak unto thee am he. <laughs> and just like that, he did his work. <laughs> he is, uh, he's an, he's our amazing father. God, he is our, he, he is amazing. You know, and I hope that whenever you hear anybody praise the Lord at any time, you join in, join in. So, so the presence of God will start to pour down on you. You join in, that joy is going to pick you right up. That's why there's safety in the multitude of counselors. Because when you're walking around a bunch of people with the Spirit of the Lord inside of them, they're going to be praising the Lord at various times. And all you got to do is join in and immediately you will have victory in the battle. Immediately you will have victory. <laughs> because our God loves to give us the victory. And he always gives us the victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our blessed Savior. I'm going to go over to verse 13 just so I can jump back here. This again is John chapter 4. Let's look at verse 13 again. Open your Bible if you can. If not, well, you'll have to listen to this message again and go back and double check to make sure I'm not telling any lies on this podcast. Verse 13, Jesus answered and said unto her, listen to the word of God. I mean, can't you taste heaven? Can't you taste of these heavenly things as you read these words that no man ever spoke before? Can't you tell that this is God? Hallelujah. This is our maker. He is the most familiar you'll ever be. He is close. He knows you so intimately. He knows us all so intricately and he's able with his word through his glorious design to speak to, protect, preserve keep every single one of us he's not going to let a single promise fail unto you isn't that wonderful and he says jesus answered and said unto her uh whoever thirst uh whoever drinketh of this water talking about the water in the well shall thirst again verse 14 but whosoever that's another thing the lord ain't racist he ain't uh, sexist he ain't he ain't he ain't anything ist he, he, he is just the greatest. I guess he is an S. He's the greatest. Because let me tell you, he says, but whosoever, do you understand? You out there who are so full of pride, you think you're so special and oh, well, nothing works for you and you're just negative, negative Nancy or Deborah Downer. You just kind of keep isolating yourself instead of just humbling yourself and being a part of the whosoever. Sometimes you, you're, you're always an exception to the rule. Stop doing that to yourself. You know, you're not an exception whosoever is a good place to be come on in the whosoever amen whosoever drinketh of the water saith god this is the lord i gotta go slow hold on folks let me catch my bearings here but whosoever you understand that help me lord help them lord father god help us lord be merciful whosoever transcends every single detail about you and i whosoever you know, the Lord could have said this only, 
Or he could have said this, oh, he could have stayed with the Jews only, but he didn't. He turned to us Gentile folk. And now we got to cast down our idol worshiping ways because Gentiles, we tend to be such idol worshipers. Even when we're right in front of the Messiah, we don't know what we're talking about. You know what I mean? <laughs> when we're praying all these unbelieving prayers, which are out of the spirit of God, you're praying directly against what the Holy Spirit's trying to do. The Holy Spirit's trying to tell you that he's grieved. And you don't care. You're just crying and ah, stop, believe, have faith. <laughs> Amen, Lord. Help us, God. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give shall never thirst. Hallelujah. Here it is. But the water that I shall give him because he's above everything. So he can just reach up and bring it on down. Hallelujah. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well. <laughs> of water. Hallelujah. Springing up. Springing up springing up springing up it's springing up out of the well into eternal everlasting life my goodness this same joy this same water this same jesus is gonna carry us beyond the power of death folks i don't think oh man i might have to you know i might have to gather some people together and do this podcast because i just i, I it, it's amazing that's all right though because you know what actually i'll never let rocks crowd in my place and if anybody was silent i'd probably throw you out i wouldn't let you sit in here in silence not under this you can't be quiet here folks because let me tell you you where you are you should be rejoicing this look did you hear that he says it sh i Mm, he says, but the water that I shall give him, it shall, shall for sure, for sure, it is. And guess what? It's a gift, a gift. This beautiful water is a gift. Oh, it's a gift from God. Woo, it's a gift. He has given it to you. <laughs> it's a holy gift, amen. It is a heavenly gift from our heavenly father who is God almighty. And he loves us. He says, the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water <laughs> springing up into everlasting life my lord thank you jesus thank you lord bless you father god verse 15 the woman saith unto him sir give me this water that i thirst not neither come hither to the well to draw amen uh verse 16 jesus saith unto her go call thy husband and come hither now we got to be honest with the Lord, you see. Uh, he said, go call that husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. She, she's honest with the Lord. Now, did she say, well, first, let me go back and fix, get, let me go find where my other husband is and all this other stuff my exes are. And, you know, this is what happened between our relationship. And, well, now I got then all this and all this and all this just preventing her from getting to the living water. You understand? All of that would have just prevented her. But no, but she just asked and answered. She said, the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus, that's it. Shh, hush. You told the truth. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. <laughs> In that sayest thou truly. You told the truth. <laughs> Let me tell you, you come to the Lord, just be honest. This woman didn't do anything, and now look what she's about to receive. Receive First, he surprises her. She, she sees he's God. He says, the woman saith unto him, sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. 
Ugh, see, you're, she's still wrong. You know, no woman, he's not a prophet. This is the son of God here in front of your face. Can't you feel his presence? Verse 20, our fathers worshiped in this mountain. You know, something in me is telling me I should worship. Our fathers worshiped in this mountain. Yet ye, But I have all these arguments in my head that are preventing me. <laughs> Come on, folks. Uh, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. And then Jesus saith unto her woman, believe me, believe me, believe the Bible. Don't believe everything else in your brain. Don't believe all, all the naysaying voices. Don't believe your circumstances. Stop believing your circumstances. You stop looking with your carnal flesh eyes. All right. Chill, you human. Look at uh, the Lord. Look at Jesus. Think about the river. You know, instead of seeking a solution, go ahead and seek the water from above. Like, Lord, I know that my situation's not on, not gonna immediately change, but I know that Thou art my strength. Thou art the Lord, my God, the Rock. Therefore, give unto me, Lord Jesus, this water, that I may never thirst again. That I will never thirst for Your presence. I'll never be absent from Your presence, Lord God. I'll always be close and connected to Your presence. So much so that I will be in you Lord Jesus I want to be in you I want to get in the water hallelujah praise the Lord are you glad today I'm glad welcome to uh, this episode of walls come tumbling down Christian Bible podcast I am your host your encouraging brother preach um, I'm very grateful to God for his mercy and I'm very grateful to God for his beautiful perfect love and his perfect will for us he's got a good will for us you know he helps us to defeat the uh, our enemies and the flesh you know what I mean the demons around us the temptation of the world that's constantly trying to pull us down off of the cross and trying to pull us back into our own self and that's the devil you know, and so the Lord gives us the victory over the devil because all power in heaven and earth belongs unto the, the Lord Jesus. And so all we have to do is just seek him and seek his way and seek the water from above. And when we drink that water, it'll be in us a wellspring <laughs> springing up into everlasting life. You feel me? It's the water from above. You understand? That's what this is about. We want to get the water from above. From above. And if you have sin on your soul then you need to turn away from your sin and then get covered under the blood and then start seeking the Lord for a change in your heart so that you don't desire that anymore. And chances are, if you got the Holy Spirit in you, you're falling into a sin because you got a bunch of false doctrine in your life. Uh, chances are, you know, you don't desire it and the Lord is working on your heart. His forbearance and, and long suffering with you is trying to bring you into a proper fear of the Lord so you'll depart from evil, but he's going to help you and he's trying to help you this whole time, but you can't turn away. You got to change. And if you let go of the things that the Lord is trying to get you to let go of, you'll be strengthened. But if you hang on to them, then you're going to fail and you'll wind up as a worker of inequity. And uh, you don't want the Lord to, to look at you and say, depart from me. I never knew you, you worker of inequity. All right, because the Lord will judge us according to our works. But hey, man, let me go ahead and uh, switch gears. So let me let you know what's been going on with the podcast. So uh, I did take a break uh, at the beginning of the month. I have my birthday coming up, um, you know, my fiance's birthday coming up and you know, there are other birthdays around and, uh, you know, I got one in we the eh, 
in season two, we went to 12 episodes and on the 12th episode shared a preaching. And I think I'm going to keep doing that, sharing preachings as either the season finale or the um, uh, or the 12th episode. And this episode, uh, this season is going longer than 12 uh, because we're we're going to get through the book of James. Hallelujah. We're going to get through the book of James. Amen. The whole book of James. <laughs> That's good news. Amen. Is that not good news? That's good news. You know what I mean? It's good to be able to sit down and break bread with the Lord Jesus Christ. This is, we're breaking bread with the Father, folks. Our fellowship was with God on this podcast. You know what I mean? We're looking for the Lord in his word. We are diligently searching for him. Okay? By his spirit. You know, not by might, not by power, but by his spirit, saith the Lord. And the spirit of the Lord is a spirit of peace. He's a spirit of wisdom, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of understanding. Uh, he is the fear of the Lord, you know, and uh, I just bless him. I thank you, Lord Jesus, because it's nothing that any of us have done to be able to call ourselves Christians. Nobody's done anything. None of us have done anything. Uh, we all went astray. We were all out of the way. But the Lord Jesus Christ, in his beautiful, precious, wonderful mercy, decided to uh, have... He looked at us, and he thought we were worth something. He decided to have mercy on us, and he had mercy on us, and he had that mercy on us abundantly. And I'm so grateful that he had mercy on us, because uh, if it was not for the mercy of the Lord Jesus, where would I be? If it had not been for Jesus, where would I be? I'm so glad that the Lord saved me. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, uh... Anyways, we uh, we took a break, and it also gave me some time to you know just decompress and be with my family and be busy doing other things, and which is I'm always grateful for. The Kingdom Warriors are doing great, man. Kingdom Warriors are on fire, and I'm so grateful for that. You know, the Lord is the uh, he's the he's the he's the husbandman. You know what I'm saying? And when he comes up into that garden, the garden that is us. He's going to, you know, tear out some wheats and uh, he does it, you know, because sometimes in some places or some ways you can kick people out of the church when they're unruly. But I noticed that that doesn't happen that much anymore. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's got to come to church and uh, everybody's welcome, which praise the Lord. But then all you got to do is preach the truth and uh, hold up the truth and live the truth. And then the devil will not like it. Once the devil realizes, okay, I cannot convince you to turn away from your uh, steadfastness. And so because of that, the devil flees. And so the people who are of the devil will also flee as well. They won't want to stay around you because you're of the Lord. But you can't falter. You got to hold up the bloodstained banner. You got to walk in truth. You got to keep the commandments and live. Why will you die? Why will you lose the presence of God in your life? Because you decided to be, be like everybody else instead of being like Jesus. And so we in the Kingdom Warriors have been uh, holding up the bloodstained banner of Jesus. We've been holding up the presence of God saying, I, I don't think so, Satan. You are not welcome here. And, uh, you know, the Lord is just causing us to grow and, 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 um, I'm just so, the thing that has grown the most in Kingdom Warriors that I'm so grateful for is the love that we have one to another. I'm telling you, we are in love with Jesus and each other. It is just so wonderful to be able to sit back and, and fellowship in a safe place. You know, I can let my guard down and talk a little bit about what's going on with me. I don't know if you guys noticed from this podcast, uh, I mentioned things about myself very sporadically. I'll even say sparingly. I do it very little. Um, 
you know, unless I'm led to or unless it's a story that I can contribute to the teaching. But, you know, just, you know, like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like that when I'm around people a lot. I'm not going to sit there and tell you a whole bunch of things about me, but you'll catch me talking a whole lot. And that's because I'm always going to be talking about the Lord because I'm always trying. I'm always about my father's business. You know what I mean? And he's got business and you can't relax when the devil's in the room. I can't relax when the devil's in the room. Can you? I can't relax. And maybe Jesus was cool, calm, you know, around Judas. He knew from the beginning who it was that betrayed. But when I know that somebody's of the devil, then I'm going to start preaching the gospel to them to try to see if they'll become of the Lord. I'm trying to preach, 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 preach. Let's get of the Lord. Become of the Lord. And I'm nice, nice, nice. We're supposed to be nice to everybody. You got to be nice, 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 nice to everybody, except for when a person starts practicing stubbornness. Now, when you become stubborn and you become obstinate against the things of the Lord, then you are in danger of uh, judgment because, um, you know, a witch or stubborn person practicing that stubbornness, the life of God will definitely not be in you. And then instead of... Uh, Help me, Lord. Instead of having, you know, that thing that is lame in you be healed, then you're going to walk away and the thing that's crooked about you will never be made straight. It'll It's remaining crooked about you as you go to the next place. You understand? So because let's say you're fellowshipping with me, right? And then you started to uh, get rebuked by me because I either said something to you or, you know, you just we're 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 fellowshipping in the truth over here. And um as we're fellowship and let's say, you know, you, you don't receive something. You want to take it as, oh, well, he thinks he's puffed up or he's, you know, mean or he's something like that. It wouldn't be mean. It would never be mean. But you would just say, oh, well, he's something, something, something. Or he thinks he's better than other people or just some other lie that you make up. I don't know what you, what you got to say, Satan. I don't know. I ain't listening to you lies, Satan. But whatever it is that you say, whatever excuse you got for, for leaving and going the other place, well, guess what? You just, you, you take all of your junk that was supposed to get fixed and you go somewhere and you, you just walking in it. Now, do I believe that you're damned and going to go to hell? Uh, not, not if, if the Lord, if you die, yes, but as long as you live, then there is definitely, you know, a, a chance for you to be redeemed. But you know what? You got to be careful because, uh, you know, we had a guy end up leaving, right? But he was going to be removed but he but he left and when he left it just it was like you know what he it was i know it was the lord who moved him away he hardened his heart and you're gone and now that thing that's lame in you is gonna stay there you know what i'm saying and um that's why you don't want to don't want to harden your neck the bible says he that being often reproved harden his neck you will die and that without remedy. Well, you're going to die to the things of God, to the spirit of God that's working in your life. That's why you got to be afraid, man. You got to you got you have to be afraid of uh letting the, the the Lord passing you by. Right? Because in this day and age, you can be in church. You can be participating in a group in church and the Lord will pass you by. You know, it's a whole big old mega church. Well, medium mega church and everybody's on fire and they've got state of the art every this and that. But the, the Lord is passing them by. You know, I hope the Lord doesn't do that. But my goodness, it's pretty obvious, you know, and it's wild. And so the thing is, is, is you I don't ever want to be in that place. I don't ever want to be in that place. If you're listening to this podcast right now, say this would say, Lord Jesus, please don't ever pass me by. Don't ever pass me by, Lord. Don't ever uh, let me reject you or reject something that you're trying to do in my life. Even if I don't like how it feels or even if I'm, uh, you know, if it doesn't make me look good, which we should never be concerned about our image. You're concerned about an image? Ugh, that's gross. You know what I mean? What, 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 what spirit is that? 
because we shouldn't be concerned about an image. We should be decreasing so the Lord can increase in us. Amen. We want to decrease and the Lord needs to increase in us. It has to be God. If it's not God, it's useless, right? Except the Lord build the house, right? They labor in vain. It's all for nothing unless God is the one who is building the house. So let God build your house. When God builds the house, it's going to be built upon a foundation of stone, solid rock, Christ Jesus. That's what it's going to be built upon. And we want the foundation to be built upon what the Lord says. You understand? <laughs> because when it's built upon the Lord, the, the Lord's foundation, you see, uh, it, 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 it's going to be like the river in Ezekiel. 47 you know what i mean <laughs> and uh yeah no we just we just you just want to you just want to make sure that um you want to make sure that your heart is geared towards the glory of god okay this is an afterwards verse 40, 47 verse 1 and afterwards he brought me again unto the door of the house and behold the waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward towards the glory of god for the forefront of the house stood towards the east <laughs> and the waters came down from under the right side, the right hand of power of the house, you see, at the side of the altar. So this is have your house positioned, okay, and structured towards the things of God so that the waters will issue out from under the threshold, right? Verse 2, then he brought me out of the way of the gate northward and led me out of the way without, uh, without unto the utter gate by the way that looketh eastward. And behold, there ran out waters on the right side. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. So the waters need to be out the, at the right side. We need to have the Lord always before me, uh, uh, before us at our right hand so that we don't sin against the Lord. We don't want to sin against the Lord. You want to walk in the spirit so you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh that the waters will flow because the waters will stop flowing if you get in the flesh. Okay, we don't want to be in the flesh. We want to be in the spirit of the Lord. All right. My goodness, we want to praise and thank the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And then you can read more about that waters in uh, Ezekiel 47. Uh, for now, uh, I'm going to go ahead and um, just I just want to say thank you to everybody who has continued on listening to this and, um, you know, to everybody who's been encouraged and uh, to everybody who has been encouraging me about it. Uh, God is good. You know, this is a journey with Jesus that we're we're all on. We're all on this journey with Jesus and I'm grateful for what Jesus is doing. And I don't want anything but Jesus. I don't want church. I don't want uh, following. I don't want any of that. I want the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want him to be pleased with the job that I'm doing by letting him, uh, by dying out and letting him live in me. And loving my brother and sister everywhere I go. I'm going to love your souls. I'm going to love your souls. Because we got to be kind to people and be patient with people. You know, you, I, you would... I'm not just walking around being impatient with people. I'm very, very, very patient with people. I become like all things to all men if if by any means I might be able to have a moment just to witness to you and get you on the, the right track. You know what I mean? But uh, you got to use sound doctrine only. Only straight and narrow sound preaching of the gospel is going to be able to heal you or cleanse you of all of that of your own ways, right? The law of the Lord is perfect in converting the soul. Don't forget that. 
The law of Jesus Christ is perfect in converting the soul. And you need to be ready to receive the Lord. All right. If you're not ready to receive the Lord, uh, then, uh, you know, you're not going to receive him. So like the woman at the well, he had to tell her, you know, you, yeah, you said, right. Right. Okay. You, you, you told the truth. The man is you're with now is not your husband, you know, and he taught, he gave her the law and then she had a revelation. Ah, and then he straightened her out again and he said, listen to me. You know, the Lord is very patient with us, but you, but, but don't ever fight with the Bible. Don't ever fight or try to be the, the leader. You're not the leader. The Lord is the leader. Don't try to be the leader. All right. Just let the Lord lead because he's a natural leader. And so you won't have to try when it's God. You just, uh, just follow God and other people are going to see that and they're going to want to be near you. And you'll be like, oh, wow. How amazing is that? Huh? And so, uh, you know, praise the Lord. Uh, keep praising fervently. All right, so uh, I do believe I have a testimony for you. So let's get into some testimonies. And you know what? I'm uh, I'm I'm very curious as to what the next season is going to bring. I think next season we might bring on some sermon jams. You know what I mean? I, I'm 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 thinking some sermon jams could be real good for us. We're gonna stick keep our testimonies because these testimonies, folks, listen to them. This is the wonder-working power of Jesus Christ. This is the mighty God. This is the testimony of Jesus Christ. These are the saints. You know what I mean? And so listen to these testimonies. They're edifying. Even if you don't necessarily, if it's not your story, it's, it's the story of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every one of them, every person who talks about God, the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ is what saves us. And so listen to these testimonies. Let them edify you. Listen to them all the way through. All right? Listen to their voice. Listen to where they've been because they're showing you. They're, they're witnessing to you right now by the power of the Holy Spirit that God is true, that you can always call on God, that you could be saved from anything. So listen to these testimonies. Enjoy these testimonies. Be edified at these testimonies. Praise God out loud because he's rejoicing. You know, we're going to be sharing testimonies up in heaven all the time. So enjoy these testimonies. We'll get into this. After we do the testimony, uh, then we may. Well, let me just stop being double-minded. After the testimony, then we're going to have our first uh, sermon jam. Oh, yeah. A sermon jam. Man, those are good. And that way I, I could just showcase some great stuff on here. We'll have our sermon jam. And then uh, and then after we get back from the sermon jam, we'll get into the book of James chapter five. <laughs> I'm just so grateful to God for his mercy. I'm so grateful. And I pray out there. Let me pray first. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you'll bless the listener as you always bless the listener, Lord. Let there be peace like a river. <laughs> Let there be your peace, Lord, your river, Father God, your truth, Lord God. Let our hearts cry out to you, O God. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Be before us, Lord God. Be at the right hand of our lives, Lord. Govern us, Father God. Let us, let us be under your control under your uh, spirit, Lord God, in subjection to your will, in perfect and complete subjection to your will by your blood. It's only possible by your blood, Father God. Uh, bless them, Father God. Enrich them, Lord Jesus Christ. Speak to them, Father God. And uh, speak to me, bless me, and enrich me as well, Lord God. I'm not counting myself out of nothing. And I love you, Lord Jesus, and I, I praise you, Father God. And um, let's go ahead and listen into the testimony. I don't know about you. <laughs> But I'm not going to let church turn out 
before I get my testimony in. And since I got the chance right now, you know what I'm going to do? I'll testify for Jesus. My name is Todd Carr, March the 15th. I'll be uh, 52 years old. Uh, I would like to give all honor and glory to God. And through Jesus Christ today, he set me free from so much stuff. I can remember being as a little child, about nine or 10 years old, I can remember when I started stealing pop bottles off the porch and going and changing them in for money to go get candy as a little kid about that, about that age. Uh, I've been in about 22 different institutions from a child to an adult, did almost 20 years in prison, had three prison numbers. And uh, when I was a child at 10 years old, I started uh, Robbing pop bottles from the pop bottles, I started going to the garage and selling the stealing tools and whatever else I could find in there. And from going into the uh, garages, I started going and breaking in houses, stealing bikes, selling them. Uh, just a life of crime almost all my life. Uh, I knew the Lord growing up. My mom took me to church, uh, Sister Bax on River Road. Uh, in a church on Eastern Avenue, Pentecostal church, full gospel churches. Uh, so I knew the right way, but I chose going my own way, doing things my own way. I always knew God, I always prayed. Every time I get in trouble, I'd pray, God help me, God help me, help me, Jesus, help me. And uh, I can remember at 10 years old, about 10 years old, them telling me if I wanted to smoke weed, that I'd have to roll my own joint. So I started doing that. And just older people influencing me all my life, cut a hole in the fence. I ended up in uh, the court system, about 10 years old, the older people, so they could go, go jump in the pool, go skinny dipping. Well, I got in trouble for that. Got sent to Glenview, Boy Glenview School for boys. Stayed in trouble there. I stayed there a couple days, ran away from there. So then they thought they was gonna send me to Jabalt school for boys. I ended up running away from there. Uh, but I can look back and see that the hand of God was with me and that God's kept me alive. I've overdosed about three or four times. Uh, was in a coma for three days from taking drugs and pills and alcohol, mixing it together. Uh, I've experimented with almost every drug there is. To kind of bring you up to date right now, I am going into prisons and preaching the gospel. It really feels good to walk in there and walk back out. Uh, and I can really relate to the guys in there. Uh, on Monday nights, 
I'm preaching on uh, at Hillsboro, Ohio, 6210 McCoppin Road. Uh, this is a house where there's like 21 people in there that was on drugs that believe that Jesus Christ is the answer, that more suboxone or more methadone, that more drugs is not the answer, that Jesus Christ is the answer. And to back that up, uh, almost two years ago, I was strung out on heroin real bad. Started hanging out with my sisters, doing almost a gram a day. I was shooting heroin in my neck. I didn't have no veins left in my arms. I couldn't even find a vein in my arms, my fingers, my hands, so I had to go in my neck. But I can remember sitting in my sister's house in that little apartment, crying out to God because I knew that this was not the world. I knew God, and it was like I was in the pig's pen like the prodigal son, you know, I came to my senses and I said, God, I don't want to live like this, help me. I can remember looking on Facebook, on, on, on posts on Facebook, and I would cry, nobody would see me, and I would be like, God, help me, Jesus, help me get out of this, I know this is not my real. Well, I started out going to Northland Drug Program, they started giving me Suboxone, they started taking me through these 12 steps, and the more my mind started getting clear, the more I started going to church, and calling out to the name of Jesus, I looked at them 12 steps and I was thinking like, this God does not have a son named Jesus. And they said that I could make a God of my own understanding. I could make a chair, a person, all that. And I thank God that I was brought up right in church. And I know that you can't make a God of your own understanding. Only the devil would try to tell you that you can make a God of your own understanding. And the more I started reading stuff and reading my Bible and stuff, and I realized that I didn't have a disease, that Jesus healed me and he set me free, that he had nailed, he had nailed that addiction to the, to the cross, and that I was free. And the Bible says, whoever the Son sets free is free indeed. And I had to go in that class at uh, Northland, and I said, look, I can't say that I have a disease of a heroin addiction no more. I don't have no disease no more. Jesus set me free. And the Bible says that death and life is in the power of the tongue. If you keep confessing that you got a disease, you'll have a disease and you'll be fiending. Ah, I don't wake up and you'll be like, oh, I'm sick. You know, I need this and that. I don't have a disease today because of Jesus Christ. And I started thinking different. I started thinking the way that the Bible told me to think. I looked at the Holy Bible the King James Bible, and I was looking at the DNA book, and I was seeing that it wasn't saying the same things that God was saying. And I realized that this book had been written by man, and the Bible had been written by people that was moved by the Holy Ghost. And that it wasn't just a God inspired that word, and there was prophecies that came true. And then I looked at this book, and it wasn't going along with this book. It was telling me, I, I, the King James Bible told me that God is a jealous God, that, you know, and this thing said I could pick a tree, a person, make anything I want my God. I could have any kind of God of understanding that I wanted. And I, got, I began to realize that something's wrong there. And God has a son named Jesus. And any God that don't have a son named Jesus, the Bible begins to show, I begin to look in there and it says that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father God except through me, Jesus. Jesus, in the Bible it says that there's one mediator between man and God, and that man is Christ Jesus. There's only one go between. And I started looking at all these other things where they was telling me I could use this, I could use that. And so I started going to them classes, 
And I started saying, I'm a miracle from God. God told me to quit saying that I had a disease. Well, I can back up a little bit. I can remember going to church and I was taking them Suboxone that they was giving me from the Northland Drug Program. And they told me that when I went to NA programs that I could go to these things and not to tell them that I was on this medicine because in there, they would teach you that a drug is a drug. You're going from one drug to another drug, whether it's a methadone, Suboxone. Now, I can specifically remember when the Holy Spirit told me to quit taking that medicine. I went to the preacher and I said, God told me to quit taking this medicine. And the preacher looked at me and he said, if they told you to take that medicine, you need to go talk to them, you need to take that medicine. But the Bible says, let, let God be true and let every man be a liar. So I listened to God, I, let, I put them nine Suboxone down on the altar. And to this day, I've not had one desire, one craving. I know that it was a miracle from God. And I've not, I've not wanted no heroin, no, no desires for it. And I've had problems, I've had ups and downs, I've been in battles. Uh, and I know that drugs is not the solution anymore, that you're still gonna have to deal with whatever you're going through. When you go take that drug and you're gonna be on a, in, a, in a lot worse state the time you're done. So I put them nine Suboxone on the altar and got prayed for. And to this day, I got shirts that says no more government dope. And the way I, and the reason I say that is because when I, was shooting, when I was shooting heroin, it lasted eight hours. When I took the medicine, the Suboxone that they gave me down there, I wasn't sick for four days. Now you do the mathematics. You don't have to be no, uh, you don't have to be no uh, chemist or no smart person. If their medicine lasts for four, four days and the heroin on the street, whose dope is stronger? The same way with the methadone. It's two to times stronger in any CBS or any of these other places. They'll tell you it's man-made heroin, and it's two to three times stronger than any dope boys on the street. Now, do I believe in detoxing someone for a few days or something like that, but it's keeping people on medicine for years and stuff like that? I don't believe that's the answer. I believe that Jesus Christ is the answer. And I can remember that the Lord woke me up and told me to tell his people, to tell the preachers, to tell people that I meet on the streets, and I even made a sign like this to this day, and it's on my Facebook. It says, and these signs or miracles shall follow them that believe in my name, in the name of Jesus Christ. It says, we shall lay hands on the sick. That means the heroin addicts. And the Bible says, they shall recover. That's what Jesus taught us. So I just begin to look at what God tells me, and I've made my face like a flint against anybody that don't want to stay with the word, I'm going to stay with what the word says. I preach and teach people that through the name of Jesus Christ, and he told me to tell people that he said, I am detox. I am whatever that you need me to be. If you'll trust in like you do the methadone and the Suboxone and these NA programs, if you'll trust in me, Jesus Christ, that died on that cross and rose from the grave, you'll see that he will deliver you and set you free. I've seen him do it to so many different people. It's all over this world right now. Jesus Christ works when nothing else don't work. When you make that chair your higher power or you make that person your higher power, you let me know how that works for you. But I guarantee you, if you'll call on that name Jesus Christ and ask him to come on into your life, because the Bible says that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And there's deliverance in that name. 
Jesus said his name is above every name. It's above heroin. It's above any kind of drug. It's above depression. It's above anything that you're going through today. Jesus is the answer. So today I can honestly say that I'm free. I don't have no disease. I don't go to no NA or AA things, meetings, nothing like that. If I do, I go to preach Jesus Christ. I've been kicked out of like the East Side Center because they said I, I can't preach in there. I preach on the corners. I go in prisons. I, it's nice to go in there and come back out. Uh, but I, the Bible says, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's deliverance in that name, Jesus. And God told me to tell everybody on drugs that you don't have to be a drug addict no more. You never have to do another drug the rest of your life. If you'll call on that name Jesus, and I'm not taking you to the Baptist, I'm not taking you to the Pentecostals, I'm taking you to Jesus Christ that died on that cross and rose from the grave. If you will put your faith in that Jesus, the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. If you'll ask him to forgive you of your sins and ask him to come into your life, he will come into your life, and you will never have to be a drug addict again. And I just give all honor and glory to God. I know that without Jesus Christ today, I would not be free. There is no church that can take credit for what happened to me. I can't take credit for myself. It's a gift of God of eternal life that he gives to anybody that will call on him. The Bible says, whosoever, that means every drug addict, whoever you are, shall call on the name of the Lord, shall be saved. God said that he would pour out his spirit upon all flesh. I know that there's some churches think that it's for this people, for the holiness, for this Pentecostal people, for these Baptist people. But God said that he would pour out his spirit upon all flesh. That means if you're a homosexual, if you're a drug addict, I don't care what you are, Jesus Christ will come inside you, give you the right desires, give you a new nature, give you a new heart, give you a new spirit, and will set you free. So today I will tell you, if you're on drugs and you can't shake this thing, come to church, find someone who believes in the power of God, call on Jesus wherever you're at. He'll hear you. He'll come to that. Jesus is not dead. He's alive. He'll come to you wherever you're at, and he will set you free. You don't need a preacher. You really don't need a church. If you can find a good church that believes in the power of God, of laying on hands and anointing people with oil, that believes that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that believes in the gifts of the Spirit, that they're on operation today, try to find a church like that. Uh, it's all because of God. Without God, I couldn't do nothing. I couldn't, couldn't even sit here and testify, right? I couldn't. I thank God for His mercies. You know, a lot of people think that they got to straighten up before they do this or do that. You don't. He died for you while you was yet a sinner. Right now, you, if you've got a needle in your arm and you're listening to this, he died for you right there to where you could call on him that you'll never have to do another shot of that dope. Never. And he will free you and set you free. My name is Julie Netto, and I would like to share a testimony with you. I'm going to start by telling you a bit about my past. I've experienced a variety of pains and traumas throughout my life. 
I had so much hurt and anger, it felt like I was walking around screaming inside. This pain led me to anything that felt good, from smoking pot throughout the day to alcoholism and drug abuse, as well as chasing and or accepting attention from men to feel some type of love or acceptance. I started this lifestyle at the age of 15 to try and mask the pain the only way I knew how. I am now 38 years old. These things I once wanted then became a need, leaving me with more problems than what I already had, never really touching upon the hurt I carried within my soul. The decisions I made resulted in me hurting and pushing away the people I loved the most. I was so wrapped up in what I wanted and needed that I didn't think about how I was affecting others. Decisions I made resulted in me losing custody of my children. I was beyond devastated, lost, angry, hopeless, and at the very bottom of broken. The darkness had taken over my thoughts, my actions, and my life. I was struggling with anxiety, depression, and even having suicidal thoughts. I felt so sick at everything, including even wanting to make my own decisions, realizing that's what got me to where I was in life. I had nowhere else to turn but to God, and that's when I cried out to him, in a broken, desperate sorrow. In that exact moment, I had an overwhelming, undeniable feeling. I had a warm, tingling, loving presence come over my entire body, feeling like time had stopped. Before I could finish asking myself what that feeling was, I was in a full-blown confession. I confessed about things in ways I hadn't thought about them before, like my substance abuse and lifestyle being wrong and how my actions affected others. I also confessed my anger and unforgiveness towards the people I felt had wronged me in life. Taking accountability, I had almost a painful feeling of guilt, sorrow, and shame. At the same time, I felt pure love. I said no words out loud. It was all in my heart and my mind. After I was done, this feeling departed from me, instantly followed by an incomparable feeling of peace and love. The weight of everything was lifted as if I sighed it out. I was in a shock knowing I just had some kind of supernatural experience. The following day, I carried on as I had been, but when I did the drugs, I felt convicted of my spirit. This feeling came over me like I now had a choice that I could choose not to. I had never even had that thought before. I wanted to discuss what happened to me with someone knowledgeable about the Bible. I had never been to church or read a page in the Bible, but I always believed in God. I discovered that, I re that through repentance I received the Holy Spirit, and I was saved by the blood of Jesus and that my sins were forgiven. I believe the only reasons why I am still here is because of the love I have for my children, as well as the love that God has for me even when I was in my sins. I did not do anything to receive this blessing. It definitely was not because of how I was living my life. I am now a Christian. I say this not with pride. I still believe in now, and I need Christ to be my guide. I am admitting that I have stumbled and need God to clean my mess. I still feel the sting of pain, as well as having my share of heartaches, so I call upon his name. I am not holier than anyone. I am a sinner who received God's grace and mercy. Since this happened to me in January, there has been work being done on the inside of me that it now shows on the outside. 
one stronghold at a time has been broken off. I am now addiction free and living a different lifestyle, as well as having time with my children. This was not done by my own strength, but by God's. Prayer, fasting, reading or listening to the Bible, attending church and fellowship is what helped carry me through as well. I am not saying it was easy, but getting off these strongholds were tolerable as they were not before. I feel I've lost parts of myself, but gained back so much more. I am also cured of a horrible, painful disease I had for over 13 years, endometriosis. I also had lack of mobility with back and knee pain. These are all now gone. No one but God could have cured them. I have learned in this healing journey that the root of it all needed to be touched upon, the pain and the trauma within, that each one of the experiences and feelings associated with them had to be acknowledged, accepted, felt, and loved to love the darkness and the light, to then become balanced, to love myself. Realizing then that the screaming inside is no longer in control and wanting to be silenced. This was not done by my own strength, but God's. I am sharing this testimony to show you the true grace we are given through Christ, a testimony that is not mine, but God's. Everything is because of him. There is no way I could have gotten out of where I was in life or within myself if it wasn't for his grace and mercy and him doing this work inside of me. I pray this helps someone. All the glory, honor, and praise go to God. I will forever be thankful. Thank you for your time. Praise the Lord. All right. Well, praise the Lord. Those are two incredibly powerful testimonies. And again, you know, when uh, we are saved by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. So I love sharing the testimonies because let me tell you, if God did it for them, then that means God can and he will do it for you. So listen to the testimonies and be encouraged. This is the witness of Jesus Christ today. And so that's so beautiful. So I love having those testimonies. And it's testimony season, folks. So we're getting these testimonies from uh, all over now. So God is good. So go ahead and, um, you know, uh, if, uh, if you want to share your testimony, it's Holy Spirit filled, get uh, go ahead and, and send me an email. It should be in the link description or you can reach out to the Facebook page either way. Uh, go ahead and get the testimony in there and and uh, sh and share it because I I love hearing testimonies I love hearing where people came from and where uh, God is bringing them to and what God is currently doing and you know any any gems of wisdom I love hearing it you know it doesn't matter to me who it is as long as it's right and as long as the person is speaking as an oracle of God and every time you witness, every time you testify and, and, and you have love in your heart for the Lord and, and a love in your heart for people and you just testify about the goodness of God, he shows up in that. You understand? He shows up and it's those little bitty drops of the Lord Jesus Christ, his working, his power, his spirit. Those have so much power, so much freedom. You know, it's it, it frees the person that's listening. So I love hearing these testimonies. All right, so now uh, we're going to go ahead and do, for the very first time, we're going to have a sermon jam. 
And sermon jams are amazing. I love sermon jams. They are truly awesome. So God bless all the people that make these. Uh, I don't make them, but I'm going to just, you know, I don't own them. I guess I have to say that. I don't really have to say that. I'm saying it. I don't think it matters. Um, but but anyways, uh, I, I'm going to put these sermon jams out here and then I will... Uh, and we are going to see a lot more of these sermon jams in season four, which, hallelujah, there's going to be a season four. And uh, so I'm just really great, uh, really grateful for what God is doing. I'm laughing because uh, you know what? God is, he's amazing. He's truly, truly amazing. We just got to trust him. We got to trust his plan. Put your uh, hand in the hand of the man who stilled the waters. Put your hand in the hand of the man who calms the sea. <laughs> Take a look at yourself and you can look at others differently. <laughs> okay, amen. I almost want to cut that out, but no, I'm just full of joy. I got the joy of the Lord in my heart. I got the joy of the Lord in my mind. I got the joy of the Lord. I got joy, 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 joy. Hallelujah. Get some joy. Clap your hands and get joy. You know what I mean? Get some joy. Let joy, let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Nothing else matters when you got that joy of Jesus. So let's go ahead and listen to this uh, sermon jam. And then right after that, we will come back and be in the book of James. Listen to me like you've never listened to me ever in your life. We have got to lay our lives down for the purposes of God. This is not a Sunday school picnic, the Church of Jesus Christ. This is not an invitation to have continuous good times. This is a war for the souls of men. Come out from among them. Run for your life. Because this is about your life. It's not just about an opposing theology or conflicting viewpoint on Jesus. This is about your life. My mind is forever branded with the story that I heard of police officers from the city of New York as, as people were fleeing from a crumbling building. There were police officers and firemen and others that were running towards the building saying, run for your life at their own peril. And in some cases, I believe they knew they were going to die, but there was a sense of duty. I was crying out to God. I said, God, oh, Jesus, don't let my sense of duty be less for your kingdom than these beloved firemen and policemen were for those that are perishing in the falling tower. We're living in a generation when truth is falling into the streets. I want to be among those that are not running away from the conflict, but running into the conflict and say, run for your life. Run from gospels that focus only on success and prosperity. Run! Run from those who use the name of Christ only for his personal gain. 
Run from those that are picking your pocket in the name of Jesus. Run! Run from Gospels that only focus on self-improvement. Run! Run from churches where men and not Christ are glorified. Run! Run! Body of Christ, run! Get out! Don't touch the unclean thing! Run! From churches in America and Canada where there is no Bible. There's no cross in the theology. There's no soul-searching word. There's no repentance from sin. There's no mention of the blood of Jesus. Run! It's unclean! Run! Run from churches where you're comfortable in your sins. If you come into the house of God and you've got sin in your life and you're not convicted of it, you're at a table of devils. Run from pulpits that are filled with political men who are using the pulpit of God for a personal political agenda. Run! Run from those who preach division between races and cultures. Run! Run! Get out! Turn it off! Get away from it! They know nothing of God. Run! from ungodly, spasmodic movements and endless, empty prophesying. Beloved church, run for your life. Run from preachers that stand and tell stories and jokes. Run like you've never run before. Run! 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 Well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, hallelujah, amen. So the, uh, man, that uh, sermon jam is by Carter Conlon, uh, and uh, that was very old from a sermon uh, in 2001 after the terrorist attacks. And there's a beautiful video, the sermon jam on uh, YouTube for you to check that out called Run. And uh, just absolutely beautiful. And the testimonies are beautiful too. So glory to God. Welp, uh, it's happy time. It's happy time. Happy happy time is, is the time that we're in right now with the Lord. Now is happy time. And I'm calling it happy time because the Lord is happy. The Lord is joyful. The Lord is cheerful. Uh, the Lord, uh, he is full of gladness to give us. He makes us glad. He makes us glad in our inner man. Uh, even though we're carrying a cross, even though we are crucifying the flesh, we are denying self, we are seeking the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind, and might, even though we're doing those things, um, He is causing us to be joyful in the midst of that suffering. You know, we can, we count it all joy when we fall into diverse temptations. We count it all joy because we know that we are following the one true God. We know that our fellowship was with the Father. And um, that's a blessing. It's a miracle. Every day saved in God is a miracle. And never forget that because, you know what, we want to make sure that, uh, 
we don't get puffed up just because God uses us one good time. Uh, we want to make sure that we always walk in that humility and kindness. Kindness. If you are a humble person, then you are a kind person. That is a good trait of humility. Okay, it's not just like, oh, I'm not going to accept a compliment, or oh, I'm going to act like I'm, you know, mouse-like, or I'm not going to be loud, or if I'm right about something that the Lord has taught me, then I'm going to, you know humility means I'm going to stand in the rightness that God has shown me because I'm humble before God because I'm showing the Lord that I trust what he he says his way above anybody else's but the uh, a mark of humility on somebody is they're kind you know they're preferring other people before them they're ready to serve you Jesus is ready to serve Jesus died for our sins you know he paid the ultimate price for us and so that means that we ought to love one another just the way Jesus did and so we forgive so that we can be forgiven you know if you're feeling a little dry start forgiving people you know go through the list of, of things in life we live in the this is the last days and so living in this world you know forgive there's plenty of reasons to forgive and there's gonna be plenty of offenses that are out there uh, woe to you if you're just walking around giving offenses but there's plenty of offenses so forgive go through the list just start forgiving forgive forgive because you have been forgiven therefore forgive and uh stay stay in that place with god where you're humble where you're ready to hear from him and ready to obey him after you hear from him you want to hear from him get strength from him in prayer and then obey what the lord is telling you to do and he gives us the strength to obey him because once you start building on those things with God, you don't want to start destroying them again. You know, you don't want to become a transgressor again. If I build again the things which I just uh, destroyed, you know, you tore those things down, but then you start building up that sin life again. You're gonna, you're, you're a sinner. You're a transgressor. You cross the line, and uh, you got to show the Lord that you care about His presence in your life. You got to show the Lord that you care about the anointing in your life. Uh, the anointing that he's given you you want to cherish it and nourish it and nourish the lord care for the lord in you nourish the lord in you getting the milk of the word having lots and lots of faith you better have tons of faith and if you've got a leader then you listen and do what your leader tells you to do because god is the one who ordained you to uh have a leader and so you want to make sure that you do that so I'm going to get into the book of James. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of reading here in James. Um, we're continuing on in this, and this is good. So if you get your Bible out, uh, get to James with me, we'll, we'll get into this. So we are in chapter 5 of James. So let's go ahead and do it. Hallelujah. Making it through this book. Glory to God. And this is the last, last, last book. Uh, last chapter. Amen. All right, so James chapter 5, verse 1. Go to now, ye rich men. Weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. Woo, get out of here, you comfortable Christian. You planning Christian. You rich men. And all rich people who trust in uncertain riches, the Bible says that godliness, uh, gaining things uh, with contentment is godliness. Uh, you never want to 
attribute your godliness or your approval of the Lord from the things that you have. I said that plenty of times. You don't want to look at, you know, oh, you got fired from your job, so now that means you're of the devil. <laughs> That's, you know, those are flesh judgments, and the Lord does not like that. Uh, you, or if you got a Mercedes Benz, a lot of rich people, the rich man, the wealthy man is the one who walked away from God, so he's not going to heaven. And so he's not saying if you got riches or you got money, be comfortable and enjoy it. He's saying weep and howl for the mis for your for your miseries, your miseries that shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver is cankered, and the rust of them shall be a witness against you, and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. You have heaped treasure together for the last days. So people don't want to uh, serve God with fervency, and they don't want to serve God out of their comfort level. You know, you might be shocked if the Lord wanted you to be poor or be homeless or, or, or take up your cross and sell everything you have and follow him. But you have to esteem the things of the kingdom of God greater than anything else that you will ever encounter in this life. And also you have to remember that we're not made to just be comfortable and uh, carnal, really. Because when you're comfortable, you're just in a place of carnality where you are feeding your flesh and you might go to church or you might you know have a christian appearance about you but you don't carry your cross and it's not saying you have to be poor by any means but what it is saying is that you can never ever ever allow the cares of this world to choke up the word of god in you that it become unfruitful do you understand we cannot let our present circumstances define how we feel we're being received by god and we can't let our present circumstances define how uh god is uh able to use us you know oh lord i'm available from 8 p.m to 4 p.m and then after 4 p.m i go to my comfort zone and i cut your you know my i cut you i cut you off and then i wake up and i do it again because i'm in a place where i have enough money to be able to you know keep myself in this own my own routine that i created god will never participate with that you know the lord wants all of our time he wants all of ourselves and so we don't need to make any type of provision for ourselves in the flesh. We don't need to have any confidence for ourselves in the flesh. And sometimes when people are rich or in they're in a comfortable place financially, they don't see that. You know, they think that they're okay. And there's so many people that think that they're okay. And they base that on their blessings that they have, which is the dumbest thing I think you could possibly do because we're dealing with the spirit of the word of God. And so trying to blend in this carnal, you know, way of living, uh, that's very foolish. That's very foolish. Your riches are corrupted and your garments, those are your, your feast garments, the garments you're supposed to have. This is the condition of your soul. So on the outside, you might look good, but your spiritual garments are moth-eaten. They're on the inside. They're not good. You know, you got the wrong attire to feast at the table of righteousness. You got the wrong attire to feast at the table of the Lord's suffering. You know, the Lord is suffering. The Lord, the Lord has called us to a life of self-denial. He's called us to be able to look at ourselves in genuine and, and, and truth and sincerity and honesty. Look at the condition of your heart. Look at your actions. Uh, you know, you're so comfortable. You don't have a leader over you. You don't really report to anybody. 
You know what I'm saying? Because you're comfortable. So you don't need anybody or anything. But really, you need a lot. Uh, you feel like you're full and like you don't need anything. But really, you need the governance of the Holy Spirit. And you need it to be uh, in you, you need it to be very direct because you're deluded. This is how far they've come to where the Lord has looking at these people and he says, weep and howl. Howl. Weep for the miseries that show. That's how wrong you are in this. That's how wrong you are to trust in your riches, to trust in the comfortability of your life, to think that you are so blessed by God. But really, it's the God of this world that is blessing you so that you'll keep your eyes on the things of this world and that you won't be looking at the uh, condition of your soul, that you will not be paying attention to the things of God, to the spirit man inside of you. Okay, Because the, the, the condition of the spirit man inside of us is more important than anything. Do you understand? The spirit man is more important. You gotta pay attention to our spirit man. The spirit man in us is more important than anything else. So, um, and it's hard to see that if you're looking with the eyes of flesh. If you're looking with flesh eyes and all you see is flesh, because you're carnal. When you are like this and you trust in anything in this world, this tangible uh, comforts, when you trust in this stuff, you make it an idol. Even if you don't bow down and worship, you cleave to it. You spend time with it. You, you relish in all of your wealth and uh, worldly possessions. You're carnal. You are only Christian because it's, you've made it comfortable for you to be Christian. Take these things away and, you know, you be a totally different person. It's almost like what Satan was saying about Job. You know, he said, well, you made a hedge around him. Well, you know, when God does that to somebody, then a man, uh, God could trust Job. You, the Lord couldn't trust. All right. You uh, in these type of circumstances would definitely curse the Lord because, look, he's saying your garments are moth eaten. All right. Your silver and gold is cankered. And the rest of them shall be a witness against you and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. Ye have heaped treasure together for the last days. I'm not against wealthy people. I think it's holy actually to, to, be, to be content and to be in, in whatever state you're in. Mega church pastors and a lot of these really, really, really rich, rich, rich people that buying jets and all this stuff, this is of the devil. Because, uh, you know, how can you have, uh, you live in a world uh, of absolute abundance and where you're overflowing with materialism, but the church is in the condition that it's in? You know, uh, you got to be dead. You got to be not listening because instead of God, it's, it's more blessed than it is for you to be giving. So if he, if he gives you that great wealth, then there's a responsibility that you have to then put it to use for him. And private planes and living like the world and buying Gucci is of the devil. And whatever lust is in you that makes you want to look like the world, talk like the world, live like the world, um, <clears throat> that is what will keep you out of heaven. That's what makes your spirit man dirty. Mm, amen. Behold, the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which of you is kept back by fraud, crieth. And the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of the Sabbath. The Lord is always going to listen to the cry of the feeble. He's always going to listen to the cry of the underdog. 
uh, the cry of the poor and the needy. The ones that you have got to be ignoring if you have a uh, $300, $400 suit on. Um, you know, when you reach this level of wealth, uh, you know, you have to you, it, give it to God. You know, even if you don't just go give everything you have to a church, give everything you have to God. Let him be the governing authority over all of your money, over every single thing that you spend. Give everything. Give it all to God. Give him full reign over your bank account, over over your, your purchases, anything. Give it to God all of your life. Let him govern you. Ye have lived in pleasure on the earth and been wanton, lustful. See, you lust for all these different things. I want a bigger TV. Why? I want a new, better car. You know, I mean, if the one you got is breaking down, I don't know. I'm not saying you can't get those things, but this is a heart condition here, okay? So it's not the carnal parts. It's, this is a heart condition. And that heart condition, our hearts are reflective of everything we do. Everything we do. You know, when you, if I give you some ice cream and you start jumping up and down, you get so excited. Oh, I got some ice cream, hey man. But then I, you know, bring you into a worship service and you barely move. You know, that's a condition of your heart manifest. Fix it. Because guess what? You can fix that, all right? You can get, to you can totally get rid of that. Do you understand? Um, you can, and you take it to the Lord, right? You, Lord, what's wrong with me? What's wrong in my heart? Why am I this way? What are all these blocks on the inside of me? Okay. Uh, verse 5. Ye have lived in pleasure on the earth and have been wanton. Ye have nourished your hearts as in a day of slaughter. Ye have condemned and killed the just, and he doth not resist you. The devil does, and you don't resist the devil either. You are right in sync with the people of the world. You are you're just like them. There's no difference between you and them when you've gotten this way. This is what he's saying. Now he talks to the brethren. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Look, I'm not condemning anybody that is rich or that is wealthy or that has worked hard and been comfortable. Uh, this, I believe, is a condition of your heart, though, because when riches increase, you cannot set your heart on them at all. You can't. And um, if your heart is, it becomes an idol in your heart. The Lord sees that. And he'll create some circumstances to make sure that you're not lifted up. You know, let your heart be lifted up inside of you. And you feel like you got this on your own. Like you did it. When really it was God that gave you the ability to go out and get it. And this is a fundamental thing even if you're not rich. Because... This is you recognizing where you are and who you are at all times. You are never to think of yourself as anything without the grace and mercy of God all over you. You're never to think of yourself as anything. And if you do, then the Lord will correct that in you. He'll, he will show you that you are nothing without him. Jesus said, without him, without him, you can do nothing. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman 
waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and have long patience for it, until he receive the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient. Establish your heart. Don't nourish every carnal desire that comes into your heart. You know, you don't know how to stand in the things of God because you're so out of sync with what the Spirit of God is doing. So when the Lord is trying to operate, you are out of sync. So you're off. You're always off with what the Spirit of the Lord is trying to do. And then when the Lord does use you just a little bit, then you just, you puff up like never before. You just, you're a totally different person to the people who knew you already. You know, you get a little taste of what it feels like to be used by God for just a minute, not even a long time, for just a minute. And the next thing you know, you're walking around, ah, yes, I'm approved of the Lord. You know, you're not of the Lord, brother. That's not the way this goes, because then it's all about you. And it's not about Christ. And that's a condition of your fat, rich heart. That's your comfort. You're always comfortable. And so when the presence of the Lord touches you, then you've got to be comfortable. I know my demeanor's calm, quiet on this side, but my words, what I'm telling you is right. You know, and you have to check your heart. You got to check your heart. You got to establish your heart. You know, be patient, wait, truly wait after the Lord has used you, then be patient. Don't just start marching around with this arrogance or this high-mindedness of yourself. Just after the Lord's used you, then just back up and be like, okay, all right, let me think. Let me be patient. Let me let me be circumspect in this moment. See how, how he can continue to use me instead of just walking up the mountain uh, in, in, that, in that revelation. God used me. I am being used by God. I will be like the most high God. I will ascend up to the stars of the doors. You don't do that, man. You know, chill. Be humble. Be humble. Have that humility about you. That, you know, oh, after you have worked for the Lord, after he has done his uh, duties in, in you and through you, and after the Lord has moved in you, and after you have presented yourself as a living sacrifice, guess what? You say, oh, I have done my reasonable duty. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty unprofitable. I've done exactly what is uh, expected of me, or what I ought to do, even. Nothing else. That's just what I ought to do. And now I'm going to go back to, I'm going to be extra kind now. Because now I'm going to make sure that nobody looks at me. And, you know, I, I don't want to give place for the enemy to speak reproachfully in the ears of some carnal person who isn't being used by God. So now I'm going to be careful about my conduct to people to make sure that I come off in an extra humble way. You know, let's see you get used by God and after you use by God, you just full of love and you just want to go down and talk to people and you just want to be like, you know what? They, oh man, I just, how can I, how can I, you know, I got a brother uh, who calls me, actually the president, he calls me up, he gives me calls, presidents of uh, Kingdom Warriors, he gives me calls and he calls up and he says, you know what? How can I serve you today? How can I serve you today? You know, this is a heart condition about people, and God loves people, and we are to be like Jesus in that humility, being humble enough to love people, and it's uh, uh, love them as God loved them, not with your hugs and your foolery, but with truth and in, in sincerity and in deeds, and so uh, God, God it, it also comes from us loving ourselves and loving the person that God is turning us into. You know, that's very important. Love, this is a love 
uh, walk. This is all about our love. It's about our love for the Lord and our love for each other. They will know we are Christians by our love. We are to love. You are to love the Lord. You are to love one another. You know what I mean? This is good. This is a good thing to do. So be ye, verse 8, be ye also patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draw nigh. We're in the last hours, right? Don't ever forget it. You know, while you're flirting with uh, this and that idea and that idea and that fantasy and this fantasy and that fa it's late in the day. It's it's time. We're at the end of the line here, folks. We're at the end of the line. And so now is a time for us to band together, let our hearts be knit together in love as we serve the Lord, being kind one to another. You know, you see somebody, you be kind to them. You see somebody struggling, you be kind to them. You know how many times I see people struggling and I, I could, you know, get judgy on them on my own? And just start saying, oh, wow, you need to do that. Let me correct you on this. Let me correct you on that. I don't want to do that to anybody. I don't want to sit there and correct somebody all the time. I want to be able to be, uh, you know, in fellowship. You know? I don't want to have uh, conversations with people who just won't get it together. I don't want to have unfruitful conversations like that. Instead, I want to, well, let me talk to you. Let's talk. Let's figure out what, are you okay? What's happening? You know, what's life like for you? What's your understanding level? And then we, you know, pray with you and, and make sure you know that this is the right way. And once you do, you know, let's, what can we do to help you? Do you need to sell everything that you have? Do you need to sell all your possessions so you don't keep going off on your own, doing your own thing because you're so full of self? And do you keep being so full of self that you just, you know, you just can't escape you? So you keep messing everything up every time you start off doing well and then you mess it up. You start doing well, then you mess it up. You start doing well, then you mess it up. You're full of you. The backslider in heart is full of their own ways. Proverbs chapter 14, and that's verse 14. The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways. Don't you see that will take you to hell because uh, you're full of you instead of Jesus. Because if, see, that's the proof. You're full of you and not Jesus. Because Jesus is the way, the only way to salvation, the only way to righteousness, the only way to being in close fellowship with God, the only way to not have your garments be moth-eaten. That's the way is by being full of Jesus and something in your heart is blocking you from being full with Jesus. And I said this earlier this week. I'm going to say it on the podcast now because it's good. Listen, so your flesh wants to constantly push the Lord out of your body. The flesh is evil. And so you have to find out what uh, you have to check yourself. You got to examine yourself and look around you and see where you're trying to Get rid of the Lord, you know, and then you have to put that under on under control by nailing it to the cross. You don't play with the flesh. You nail the flesh to the cross. When the flesh is out of control, you nail it to the cross. I don't have any examples for you. I just want you to but get that the backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways and a good man shall be satisfied from himself. 
when the Lord has made you a good man, then you get to, oh, then you get to just lift up your head and you get to look up, lift up your eyes from whence your help come from. And you know that you're a citizen of heaven. You know it. You're sure about it. And you're, oh, thank you, Jesus, every single time. And so that sureness and that confidence, that doesn't go away. The Lord is a constant uh, comforter. He is always going to give us that comfort if we wait for it. Do you understand? We got to wait for the Lord in prayer, uh, especially when you're up against temptation. Some of you get in temptation. You're like, oh, Lord, oh, oh, please don't let me say, please don't let me say, and then you immediately leave temp- You leave prayer, right? Well, you're starting off on the right foot. You leave prayer, then you go right into the sin. Oh, Lord, well, you didn't help. What? You didn't help me. You didn't show up for me, Lord. You failed. You're a liar, God. You know what I'm saying? We have to watch ourselves and know that this flesh is evil, folks. Your flesh is evil. And you have to escape that evil through the narrowness of God's way. Do you understand? That is the only way you will ever be able to see Christ uh, see Christ, and live. Is by being in the narrow way with him. His ways in you. So you're not doing it your, on your own. It's his ways in you. Verse 14 of Proverbs 14, one more time. The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways, but a good man shall be satisfied from himself. Verse 15. The simple believe every word, but the prudent looketh well to his goings. Simple-minded people, oh, you just pray a prayer. Oh, Lord Jesus, forgive my sins. Oh, Lord Jesus, forgive my sins. But is there forgiveness in you when you look at your life and the way that you walk is a manifestation that you have touched and received from the living God? The fact that holiness has increased in you on its its own because the Spirit of the Lord has come into you and given you power of God unto salvation? Is your faith increased? Is your communion with the Lord increasing? Because the Lord is a growing gun. You're going to always be growing when you're in the Lord. You're going to be growing when you're in God. Marching up, up, up. We're going up. We're preparing ourselves for heaven. We're going up with God. Up. Increasing more and more and more and more and more. A wise man, verse 16, a wise man feareth and departeth from evil, but the food rageth and, I'm sorry, but the fool rageth and is confident. So you got all this lust in you, these wars and fightings raging inside of you, but you're confident. You keep on sinning all the time, again and again and again and again. You never just stay on the upright path, but you are so confident that you're saved and you're a Christian. That is not of the Lord. Do you understand? That part of you has to die. You have to kill that doctrine because it's a doctrine of devils and it's the reason why there's no progress in your life. So get rid of the idea that you're just okay. I've been saying that for a long time. Get rid of the idea that you are okay. You're not okay. You must weep. You must howl for the miseries that will come on you. When was the last time you weeped and you howled because of your sin? Because you can't stop messing up. Help me, Lord. I'm full of my own ways. Save me, Lord. I perish. Cry out. Do you believe this doctrine? Do you believe the gospel? 
Could you imagine if you tell somebody, well, I keep, str- I keep struggling with my hands. I keep struggling with my hands. And they say, well, get the knife out. Get ready. You know, we're going to lay your hand here and you're going to just saw it off. Just take your hand and get ready to chop it right off. Because if you don't quit sinning, you're going to have two hands and you're going to be cast into hell and the lake of fire for eternity. Because that's the gospel. You better quit sinning. The Lord is trying to save your life and you keep taking your own life out of the hands of the Lord. You're fellowshipping with demons. So you need to really relax and stop being puffed up because that's how it happens. You, you get a little deliverance from the Lord. You get a little taste of freedom. You get a little taste of the world to come. You get a taste and then you immediately get a little taste and you're like, oh, well, I'm fine now. Then you get lifted up in your little heart. And you fall into the condemnation of the devil because you think that you're stronger than what you are and the devil watches you deceive yourself and then he brings to you the temptation and there's no root in you. And so you immediately, that you fall away or you get offended. You got to kill all offense so you can be beneficial to the kingdom. Kill the offense. Who are you? What are you? Why would you get offended about anything? Dead men don't get offended. Dead women don't get offended. How can you offend somebody who's dead? For ye are dead, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. You're supposed to be dead. So everything that's offending in you is, is your own filthy ways, and that'll cause you to backslide. And you got to hate your own life. You got to hate your old life and your own ways that were not good. You got to loathe that side of you. Loathe, hate the part of you that would put you away from the Lord. And you'll never do that if you're constantly nourishing it in your comfort and your money. You trust in uncertain riches. You trust in uncertain riches. Y'all better wait on the Lord. You better wait on the spirit of the Lord to quit playing games. You got to wait under the anointing of God so that he can break the yoke of bondage on you. Don't you want the yoke of bondage broken? Because the Lord has no fellowship with Belial. (laughs) Beelzebub ain't got no devil set aside for me. I don't want him to have one set aside for you either, all right? So wait on the anointing. It is an anointing of the Lord Jesus Christ that does all of the healing and all of the work. You know what I mean? For the preaching of the gospel is unto them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it, the preaching of the gospel, is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first, (laughs) but also to the Greek. You're all human. We're all human. You know, we're all meat and skin and this trapped in this flesh until the day that we get to step on out of this flesh. And then our life begins. It'll either begin and we'll rise up to uh, everlasting peace and contentment and joy and happiness and uh, advancement and love and mercy all tons of mercy especially all the times we were merciful with people and we preach the gospel we're gonna reap what you sow you're gonna reap what you sow or you're gonna rise up to everlasting shame and contempt because you died in that shameful way you see the more and more you sin 
then the more and more it's going to plague your conscience until some people's consciences get completely defiled, meaning your conscience is useless at that point to where you're doing a whole bunch of evil things and you think it's okay. You got confident. You're a fool raging on and you're confident. Get out of here with that. You hear that? You're a fool raging on and you're confident. The fool cannot be you're confident. You're confident that you're just special. The Lord is just going to take... Uh, no, 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 he's not gonna hold nothing back with you. Everybody else gets, uh, has to repent and believe the gospel, but you, you don't have to repent and believe the gospel. You know, you, you, you're, you're special. You're special. It's a dangerous place to be. You gotta kill these beliefs, folks. Kill the beliefs like that. Uh, do you understand? Kill these things. Kill these things in you. Get rid of your own ways. Be full of the ways of the Lord. And you live. Hallelujah. Let's keep going. Um, be ye also patient. Verse 8, James 5, 8. Be ye also patient. Establish your heart. What does it mean to establish your heart? Some people's hearts are exercising covetousness. But you got to start to let your heart be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Because then, and only then, will you be a child of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. It doesn't just mean magical things happening. Even though the Lord doesn't use magic. But it doesn't just mean, oh, oh, I'm led of the Spirit because I prophesied of this person. Or, or, oh, I knew what this person was thinking, so I'm led of the Spirit. Look at me, I'm so led of the Spirit. Ooh, walking around like William Shakespeare. I'm led of the Spirit. I'm a, I'm a ghost. I'm, I'm following the Lord. Look at me, I'm a phantom. <laughs> it's just delusions. You know, be led of the Spirit in your prayers. Be led of the Spirit with the amount of faith you have in the operation of God in your own heart. Remember, the Lord, the work the Lord is doing in us is more important than any other work we're doing at any other time, in any other way. The work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. You know, Brother Joshua, I just hate your podcast. I can't listen to them at all because it just drives me crazy. Amen. Keep listening to it. Keep listening. Keep listening until it's like nothing. Keep listening. Keep listening. Keep listening because the spirits around you are being cast out. You know, the Lord is breaking down those bondages because the Lord has clearly anointed me for this and he wants you to listen to this. He literally would love it if you would just shut up and listen to this whole podcast. Don't be thinking thoughts. Don't be commenting in the middle of it. Just shut up and listen. That way you can... Um, Grow. You know, let the Lord work in you for a while. No, that's just your work at me. You don't have any faith. If you're in my church, I'd ask you to leave. I wouldn't ask you. I'd make you. But get out. Out. No, I'm, I'm messing. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, we'll see. Amen. Right now, I have a podcast, so you can just unsubscribe. But I don't have any, uh, you know, I don't want to convince anybody to listen to my podcast. But if you're listening right now, the Lord wants you to be listening. I guarantee you that much. He wants you to listen, and it ain't to correct me. It's so that you can get the correction. So dig for it, all right? Dig for her as precious silver, all right? Dig for the correction in your life as a pearl of great price because you got to be careful, right? You're careful. Be careful. Oh, grudge, verse 9, grudge not one against another, brethren, lest you be condemned, all right? Because you're busy grudging over here at me. Don't grudge against me. 
then you won't listen to the things that I got to say. You see, I can talk like this about you because I'm going to listen for the Lord all the time. You know, I don't have that issue that you have. That's why I'm kind of, you know, I'm just barely kind of stabbing at what it might sound like when I make fun of, you know, what your voice could potentially sound like, whoever you are. When I do that, you know, it just, I don't have that issue. And so I'm trying to get you to where I am. All right. Yeah, I don't have that problem. And so, you know, that's all right. We don't have to have the same problems, you know. Uh, so just don't, don't, uh, don't be stopping your ears. Behold, the judge standeth at the door. Take, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and patience. You got to be patient, you see, because all you got to do is just listen to a podcast all the way through. That's all you got to do. It's not like you got to get stoned. It's not like you got to, uh, you know, get beat, get lashed up, get locked into prison for preaching the gospel. You don't got to do that. But the prophets did. And uh, they were ready. And there's a reason why people want to put you in jail. So if people don't like my preaching, they don't like the podcast, or they feel like I'm this or that or this or that, well, you know, praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Pray about it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Verse 11, Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. So if you have all these things in you that are causing you so much uh, terror in your walk, you're a terror unto thyself, then uh, just know, you know, just, you're supposed to start some suffering. That dying process will be a suffering, and then the Lord at the end of it is going to bless you with his presence and mercy, and he's going to keep giving you a chance to get out of it. So that you don't die in that condition and wind up in hell forever. The Lord is very tender mercy. About, uh, he's, he's full of tender mercy. Tender mercy. I am going to stop right there. This is uh, verse 11. We're going to stop right there. I think it's been a great episode so far. I'm really excited for what God is going to keep doing in the future. And I hope that you'll be excited for what God is going to do in the future. And uh, don't be discouraged, all right? Just because you got a little, you know, you got some things you got to work on. Well, don't be discouraged because that's not how you work on them. You don't work on them with discouragement. You work on them with faith. So have faith. Have faith that God is going to see you uh, through it. But you got to let go of the trash that you're hanging on to in your mind. It tells you that you are something. Because when you do that... You're getting in the way of what God is trying to be. See, because you're so busy being somebody that God can't just be somebody in you. And it's really important that you let God be somebody in you. And if you need a leader or you want some uh, advice, go ahead, send me an email. And we'll talk a little bit more extensively about what you got going on. And, you know, whatever you got going on, the Lord has an answer for it, And the Lord will give it to you. And, uh, you know, I can also support you and pray for you and, you know, walk with you. We're all one body. It doesn't matter what church you go to. It doesn't matter what credentials you have or don't have. It doesn't matter who you fellowship. None of that matters, right? None of it. None of it matters in, in regards to the Lord's body. We are all a part of the Lord's body. All of us. We all are in this body together. And you can't do it without other believers. You have to have other believers side by side, uh, arm in arm with you, marching 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 towards the promised land marching away from evil into the kingdom of heaven 
You got to do that every day. And so if you don't have anybody to march with, we'll find you somebody to march with. There's ways to march. And get off of, uh, you know, TikTok and, and a lot of the social media. Get off that stuff because it's, it's especially TikTok. It's of the devil. It's not of the Lord. Uh, nobody's receiving from those five, two seconds. You just, it's trash. It's mixing the holy and the profane. Get off of it. You know, stop watching so much TV. S separate yourself into the, protect the anointing. Protect the, what the Lord is doing in you, and then you won't be as inclined to sin. And then you got to run away from the uh, temptation when it comes. Flee. Bible says flee, right? So stop thinking you're strong enough or, or tempting the Lord. Just flee. Man, and don't lie either, you know, because you'll just damn yourself. And we don't want any, I, I, the Lord doesn't want anybody to be damned. He's actually long-suffering. He wants us all to come to repentance, every single one of us. And so celebrate. Enjoy the fact that the Lord loves you. Enjoy the fact that he's working with you. He's working in you. Have confidence. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the end. Well, amen. Until next time, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord strengthen you. May the Lord Jesus Christ protect you and watch over you. May the Lord keep you safe and keep your mind at ease and teach you step by step how to proceed. May he cause your mind to be stayed on him and your heart to be turned toward his spirit and will. In the mighty name of Jesus, God bless you. Praise the Lord. Years of bitter